Hi, you guys. This is Havla Cunnington, and this is the Havla podcast. I'm so excited that you're here today. We are joint, like we're jumping back into this whole series of the good heart. And the good heart is really something that I kind of found myself saying this last season of like, wow, I, it's so good and so hard, <laughs> which is kind of similar to like being a parent of toddlers, high schoolers, you know, all the things. And so the last couple of weeks we've talked about like, what is the good hard? Last week we talked about um, like embracing the good. And this week we're going to talk about the bad. So um, if you're just joining like, and you're on this podcast, go grab your cup of coffee, your walking shoes, whatever it is, we are going to jump into confronting the hard. All right, here we go. So this week was the first week of school, right? Actually, it's been a week, but about a week. And we had set out to put our kids in a different school. And our kids have been in the same school for since grade school. All four boys go to the same school. And that's like really normal. We love it. It was really a godsend because as I was traveling and on the road, I could take my boys with me because the school was like really understanding about what it would be like to take the boys. And so it worked out well. But the older boys have been talking about going to a different school. And I felt the Holy Spirit just speak to me about exploring that, like not being afraid to explore them going to a different school. It was hard, but I was like, okay, we can do this. So I started the journey of exploring and applying and figuring all that stuff out. Fast forward, we did not get into the school that we wanted to get in, which was a charter school. And we had to send our boys back to the school that they didn't want to go to. And I was feeling a lot of mom guilt, not guilt like, oh, my kid's life is terrible. It's not. But I was feeling like this. Oh, I really wanted them to get this moment. I wanted them to win. And I, I couldn't do it for them. And I was just kind of battling like, oh, you know, I, what you guys may not know is I actually stopped going to high school as a sophomore and went home. I homeschooled my junior and senior year. And I really look at that as being like a really critical time in my life as a, you know, as a, as a high schooler, because your people, you know, you get, get really weird groups of people and you're weird and you're trying to figure it out. So I really felt like I mean, leaving the school was really good for me. Like it was the right thing for me to do, to leave the school. And I look back and go, wow, like that was a great decision. So I was kind of hoping that I would be able to give the boys that, like maybe they could get out and then this would be their, thank God mom figured it out moment and that would be it. And I, I, we didn't pull it off, couldn't do it. It was my fault. We did a few things. I misunderstood a few emails and I blew it. I just blew it. And so I went into work and I was, I was just feeling it all day. Like it's, you know, I know there again, our kids' lives are really blessed. I'm, you know, I'm not complaining for them, but like, oh, I wish, I just, I don't know. I hope that I don't hurt them. It's dumb. Mom guilt's dumb. Okay. So if you don't have it, thank God. But for the rest of us, we get it. And, um, so I was, I found this like woman in the office. She's awesome. And she's a, she's a mom of older boys And I just like, was like, Hey, and I just kind of explained to her like, Hey, my kids didn't get in. I wish they had, I feel kind of guilty about it. Um, I'm just feeling it today. And she got really quiet and she's like, Havala, she goes, when, when has God really spoken to you? Like, when has he really met you in your life? Is it in your best moments? Is it in the moments when everything works out? Is it when, 
you know, everything just aligns and like, that's it. And she's like, no, like God speaks to us when we are not okay. When things don't work out, when we feel like we don't have hope or we don't like, it's just tough. And as she's saying it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to bubble wrap my kids. I'm trying to bubble wrap my kids and I want them to be amazing, but never go through anything hard. (laughs) It's like, I'm guilty. I'm that person. And the funny part is, and if you're with me, like I'm in a generation where we went through hard stuff. Like we went through the recession. We went through a lot of things like in the 2000s, just a lot of things we went through. And so we're very resourceful. Our generation, I think, is very resourceful, especially if you've gone through a couple different things. Even COVID itself made us resourceful. And so I'm going through this like reality of like, yeah, that's true. Like that is what makes our kids great. And then as I was driving home and I'm like, okay, that's good. I'm going to tell my husband, like, this is what we need to focus on them going through hard things. Like that's the good stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what I need to do. Like I need to focus on that if it's hard, it's actually the time when it's okay. Like it's good that it's hard and God being the perfect parent doesn't want to bubble wrap me either. And he wants me to be close to him. It doesn't mean that he sends hard things. Like I want to make sure our theology is right. He's not hurting us. He's not trying to hurt us, but he does allow things to happen so that we would find our strength and our resource in something other than good times, right? So today I really want to talk about the idea of confronting the hard, like really confronting the hard and what that looks like, because it is really hard. And many of us have faced challenges, really insurmountable challenges. Like I look at my life and I'm like, well, I faced learning issues. You know, I'm dyslexic. I have reading comprehension issues. I'm not very educated. I don't learn well. Like I look at those things and those are real challenges. And then I look at the other challenges, like we've lost our job before and we've had to move cities and, you know, I've had postpartum depression multiple times. Like I, I can immediately think of things that were just hard, just hard things in life. And a lot of us will face that. And Many times we want to like, like shy away from it. But if you really go back to those moments, you know that those were the moments that changed you. Like that was the moment you made the decision. You're not going to give up or you made the decision. You're not going to get divorced or you're not going to leave your faith or whatever. Like those hard moments were the time when you rose up and you made decisions and you clawed your way out of these dark moments and no one can take that from you. Like that's firsthand conviction. Um, but so many of us think like, oh, let's, let's get away from that. Let's, you know, let's disappear from that. But really hardship, if you really want to hear it, and I hate this just as much as you hate it. So if you're here and you're like, I hate you that you're saying this, (laughs) I know I feel the same way, but it doesn't erase the fact that hardships are a pathway to growth. It's literally the only way to grow in our lives is to actually confront hard things when muscles are being worked out. You can't just build muscles in your body by never having anything difficult, no resistance, no strength. The only way for the muscle to grow biologically is to actually tear apart and be filled in. And that's how your muscle grows. We're the same way. Like it takes us going through things that pull us apart, that feel uncomfortable, that hurt, But we turn around and we go, wow, it's grown. Like I've grown as a person. I've grown as a parent. I've grown as a leader. I've grown. And you can't force growth. Growth, you can't fake growth is what I want to, growth, I want to say. Like you can't fake 
maturity. You can't fake character. You can't fake perseverance. Like you just have to do it. And when you do it, something happens on the inside of you that cannot happen outside of that moment. And so it's really where we start to discover ourselves. For me, when I go through hard things, when I'm blindsided, when I'm shocked, when it's painful, I tend to dig deeper into the why. Like why why is this hard? And why does that hurt? And why am I back at this place again? Or why is that same pain moment still feeling painful or whatever it is. Like, why do I feel abandoned when I believe that I'm not abandoned or I believe that I do have a provider? And those are the things that I start to find that there are holes between my reality and my faith. It's like there are holes between my theology and my reality, what I preach versus what I actually believe. The only way to really know that is to go through hard things. People can say, I trust God. Great. Then when you go through hardship, let me see you trust God. Because your theology is not enough. Your theology has shaped your reality. And that's where you begin to really figure out, did somebody actually, is somebody really believing that? So someone goes, I'm a person of faith. And then they go through something and they don't have any faith. I'm like, well, I don't know if you're a person of faith. Because there would be evidence, there would be real evidence of that in your life. Now, I'm not, I'm not shaming you. I'm saying that's where I have to, as I, like, I always, I always like to say the phrase, I have to show up like a spiritual grown-up. I have to say, wait a minute, I don't have faith for that. I don't have hope for that. I don't believe for that. And I'm not going to fake it. Like something is happening inside of me that I have not grown or I need to grow. And I got to I gotta actually go through it. I can't avoid it. How many of you know like seasons in your life where you've avoided it thinking it's just going to go away and you go back around the mountain? If you don't deal with a relational issue, Right? You don't deal with a relational issue and you think, you know, I'm going to ignore it. I'm going to, I'm going to get a new friend. I'm going to go, go, you know, I'm going to figure it out. And all of a sudden you have a different friend with a different face in a different city and you still have the same problems and you realize, wait, what is it? And you realize it's you. There's something within you that is attracting or creating this, this narrative. You know, I think about so many times on the road, I'll meet people that have been married multiple times and initially they'll say, you know, I got married, it was the wrong person. And then I got married again. And, and you realize like the same things follow them. And you're like, you know, that, that thing that's following you may not be the person you're married to. It may be within you. And that's been something I've really had to to decipher. Like, why am I at this hard place again? And I ask my question, I ask questions like, what am I believing that isn't really true? Or why do I act more um, compulsive than I do thought through? Why do I feel anxious when I, I shouldn't be anxious? And those things begin to really, really help me. Or did I make a, did I make a conclusion that this would never happen to me? Or I, I'm too, I'm beyond this. And those things are false sense of securities rather than saying, if it ever happens, I'll make it. I don't know how, I don't want to go through it, but if it does, I'm going to make it. That is the confronting the hard. So it is the gateway to growth. If you're facing something difficult right now, you are facing hard things. You are facing relational struggles. Maybe you're facing financial battles. You're facing something. I just want to say this to your heart right now. You're at a gateway. You're at the gateway of growth. Like you're standing at that, the gate that you can either walk through and it might be the shadow, the valley of the shadow of death. I don't know what that is, but I do know that 
I know that that's where breakthrough happens. If you've ever given birth, <laughs> I've given birth four times. When I, the moment you think, I do not want to do this, I cannot do this, I don't, uh, 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 then you give birth. And that's how we're created. That's how we're made. So that is all part of it. So we face our challenge. It's the gateway to growth. And we can't do that by avoiding challenges. So we often, sometimes we can find challenges to help us grow. We can join a school. We can do a school of ministry. We can do an author school, hint, hint. Um, we can sign up for things that are difficult. And then for others of us, we, how life just finds us. I prefer to find hard. Um, you will have hard no matter what. You will confront hard no matter what. If you don't take care of your body, you're going to confront hard later on with your health. Or you can confront hard in the gym, but you're going to confront hard. That's how it works. If you don't confront hard in your marriage, then you're probably going to confront hard when your marriage is over. Like, and that's not to be pessimistic. It's to be realistic. And so instead of taking the hardship in your life so personal, and I do too, I'm not, but instead of taking it so personal that my hard is so much different than everybody else. And somehow, you know, I'm going to avoid the hard is not true. And so instead of saying, you know, I'm not going to even go there instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to face it. I'm going to face the hard today. So facing challenges is the gateway to growth. And so what we also see is that when we face hardships, we have like unforeseen lessons, things that we would not have learned outside of us confronting the hard. It enables us to learn about our own strength, about our own weaknesses, and it teaches us about perseverance and determination, you know, all the things, the power of a resilient mind. It teaches us all of those things. And it really helps us learn that in the painful moments, we actually are building blocks of personal development. You can be in pain and not grow, or you can use your pain to be a gateway of growth. When I was in pain, I joined a support group. When I was in pain, I went to my doctor. When I was in pain, I found a counselor. When I was in pain, I found a prayer meeting, right? When I was in pain, I talked to somebody and told them what was going on. Those are things that are gateways to help us grow in the midst of pain. That's really, really important. So basically one of the things that's really important in confronting hard is this, and this is something I want you to really hear. So I have a a family member who is getting her, uh, becoming a psychologist and she is doing her thesis on a topic that I think is very interesting. So we were talking and she lives a very, a really great life. Her husband is um, a very successful business developer. He develops low income properties for people to live in and then rebuild their lives. It's beautiful. It's missional. And I, and I love it. And she's on the other side where she is working towards developing her psychology. And I had asked her, what is your paper going to be on? Because I mean, that's like a majority of your grade. It's kind of the big thing that when you have to get your master's, like what it looks like. And she said, I'm actually, I'm actually te- I'm writing on the topic of resilience. And she said, I live in this really great world where our, the parents that I'm around, we have our kids and all these high educations and tutoring and sports. And she said, but all of us have this deep fear that our kids are never going to learn resilience. And resilience is that part of you that goes, 
it's like the bounce back. That's the only way I could really think of a, of a resilience is that, is that part of you that that's the ability to bounce back from setbacks and keep moving forward. Like if there was one thing I would tell you has been the secret to my success in my life, resilience, hundred percent. I get docked down just as much as everybody else. I have to go through things just like everybody else, but it's my ability to not waste time on the floor but to actually get back up and keep going and kind of believe that it will work out or that it's going to be worth it. That has been my greatest um, source of success. But what she was saying is, is we can't teach our kids resilience. It has to be something that they walk through and live. And she was really talking about the fear of like, how are our kids going to be able to live well if they don't know resilience? Well, that was before COVID. I'm like, wow, it is interesting to see that if we parented our kids right during this, and we actually like live out of this world, hopefully, right, in a safer place, and we've grown and we've developed, hopefully our kids have learned resilience in this season, and they've either seen us have resilience or they've built resilience themselves. So what do you need to think about when it's the good hard? Am I being resilient? Am I bouncing back? Am I able to see a future outside of this moment? Can I, can I go forward? And that's really critical. And the coolest part is no one can control your resilience. You get to decide. I'm going to, you know what? I don't care if you're mad. I don't care if you don't want to do it. I don't care if you don't believe it's going to be okay. I do. And I'm, I can only control myself. And so I'm choosing that this is going to be good, that this beauty for ashes, it's going to happen, right? Joy for morning. It's going to work out. And anytime there is a setback, it's a season of rebirth, Like, I just need you to hear this. Like, even prophetically, if you're listening to this right now, you may feel like, oh my gosh, that was the worst case scenario in my life. This was not what I was planning. I was not expecting that. You might've been blindsided. You may be thinking, this is terrible. I mean, think about Mary in the Bible, right? She like gets pregnant as a teen mom. Worst case scenario, they find out she gets killed. Not a good scenario. And yet it is the, it is literally the moment where breakthroughs about to happen on the earth. And I just, I want you to understand that if you are going through some really hard stuff right now, you're probably on the threshold of breakthrough. You're probably right about to have an incredible breakthrough because you're right there. And that's when breakthroughs happen is in that, in that moment right there. So very, very important. And when I think about you know, we begin to build resilience, I think about stories of triumph over adversity. Like so much throughout history, there were countless, countless people that demonstrated the power of confronting the hard, right? We see it in scripture. We see it in history. We see it in all different areas. We see people that didn't back down, but they reminded us that their darkest challenges have led them to their biggest triumphs. This is exactly what they needed to come out and to, to resurrect, right? And from individuals who've rebuilt their lives after loss of entrepreneurs and losses of success. And, you know, there's so many narratives that remind us that challenges are not roadblocks, they're stepping stones. And that's our choice. But there's, we've just seen so much of that in our lives. You know, I think about, um, the story of a, of a, of a woman named Sarah, you know, and Sarah was a woman that I had met where she had faced so many setbacks in her career. And rather than giving up, you know, she used each setback as an opportunity to learn new skills, to actually pivot her path. And eventually those experiences led her to a fulfilling career that she had never envisioned before. And so I've seen it time and time again, there, you will make it. 
Like, I just want to say that over you. If you are in the dark night of the soul, you will make it. This is not, God is seasonal. You're in a season, season shift. You will make it. And I just want to speak that to you. In fact, if you're in a place right now where you feel like I don't, can't see, I can't see outside of this, this dark place, just right where you are, I'd put your hand on your chest right where you are. And I would, I would just say, I would just close your eyes and I would just say to myself, I am going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm not done. I'm going to make it. And really speak that over yourself. It matters. You see, some of us, we face so many things. I think about a guy that used to work for us and his name was Mark. And Mark was an attorney and he owned his own law firm. And he was given news that he was going to die. He was, uh, there was discovered he had a brain tumor and they did all kinds of things to treat it and fix it. And finally, the doctors said, we can't do anything else. You need to go home and fix your life, like sort out your, your, your stuff because you're not going to be here much longer. And I think about the reality that Mark was instantly healed. He was in a prayer service and somebody laid hands on him and he was immediately healed. And he was so sick. This is crazy. His insurance, his life insurance cashed in, cashed in all of the money that he was going to get after he had passed. It cashed in and Mark took that money and worked in our church for almost seven years. I want to say seven, it could have been five. I want to make sure I'm saying it right. Five years, but he lived off that money for many, many, many years because God wasn't done. And so I just, you know, he could look at it as, oh my gosh, I lost my law firm. I lost this, I lost that. But God knew I'm giving you, there's a money coming and you're going to be able to do what's in your heart and you're going to have a second season. And that's kind of what I feel like with the good heart is like, don't let the hard define your life. Let it define the season. Don't let the hard define your marriage. Let it define the year of your marriage. Does that make sense? Like, don't let it be the thing like, my life is hard. No, right now is hard, but you are going to make it. And I promise you, it will, when you look back, it will not be as hard as you think it, you'll remember it and you'll think I'll never want to go back, but don't let that hard define you. And that's really important because if you let the hard define you, you will become a victim. You will. And when you're a victim, the first thing that happens is you are powerless you're powerless to life, you're powerless to people, you're powerless to everything that's happening around you. And here's the problem. You're not powerless, but it's a facade that you are a victim to your life. And then when you're a victim, you're not resourceful. You don't solve problems. You don't think outside the box. You let the victimhood be your identity. And all you think is, I can't, I, I don't know how, no one's helping me. I don't know what to do. And those things define you rather than I'm going to figure this out. How do we do this? So in my life, when I face hard things, the first thing I do, I'm just going to give it to you straight, okay? The first thing I do when I face something hard is I tell myself, this is not your whole story. This is part of your life. It's not your whole life. You might, your life might really be bad right now, but I still have good things. Did I, do I, did I walk today? Did I breathe today? 
you know, can I, can I sell something on Facebook? Can I do, can I, is there resources? Is there things that I can do to alter my heart? And then secondly, it is okay to not like the heart. Like in the middle of my, and we've been talking about this in this series, there is a real truth of, I don't like living in the good and the bad at the same time. I don't like that. And we're talking about that, like embracing the good, hard life. I don't like that I have a really amazing moments and really bad moments at the same time. That drives me crazy. It drives me crazy that I can have a great night with my family and my kids. And the next day I can be like, I'm a terrible parent and you guys need a whole redo. <laughs> like at the same time, I don't like that. At one moment, someone can say that book changed my life. And the next moment someone could say, you should not be writing books. Like, I don't like that. I wish we could just be good and that's it or bad and that's it. But I think that tension is what we live in. And so instead of letting the, the bad define your life or the good define your life, you just say, we have both. Like I have both right now. I have bad things that are happening, right? Like I don't like certain things. I don't, I wouldn't choose certain things. I would, I would press the exit button right now if I could. And yet my life is great. My life is great. And it's great not because everything's working out. And I just want you to hear this, like wherever you are, wherever you are, my life is not great because it's all working out. My life is great because I am fully loved. I am fully known by the God of the universe. And what he has planned for me, no one can stop. And so my heart is, an, is on the earth side. My heart is not on eternity side. And so I have hope that what I'm experiencing right now is momentary for the good that I will experience for eternity. I know that sounds like, wow, that sounds really good, but I'm telling you, this is really important. Things feel hard when I lose sight of eternity. Things feel hard when I feel like I'm running out of time because I'm earth focused. Things feel hard when I only see in the, in the, in the visible, right? When the bank account, when I look at the bank account, when I look at my kids' behaviors or attitudes, when I look at, and I'm like, oh no, no. And then I have to realize, wait, I have access to an eternal account of hope, love, faith, joy, all the things that are available to me that makes my life feel really big. And so, so many of us are in places where we are needing to, there's the dog, sorry, I can only control so many things in my life, four kids and two dogs, I'm doing my best. But the, the goal is this, if you're going through hard, don't let that define your life. If you're going through something good, don't let that define your life. Does that make sense? <laughs> like both of you, like do not let, let it swing to one side or the other. God is not good and the devil is bad right? It's not either or. It's like both. The devil's bad and God is good. All happening at the same time. It's not just God is good and then, oh, the devil's, you know, the devil's bad. No, we live in the tension of both. We live in the tension of both, right? And so that's very, very important. Um, and I love that you're, you're commenting and some of you are on the podcast and you don't know this, but I'm on YouTube right now. And so I'm getting comments and I'll try to respond to those off the podcast, but it's just really important when I stopped thinking that the hard things were personal and I started understanding that they were just human, that's when life got easier. When I stopped thinking that once I can get through the hard, 
like when, when I was facing hard things, I kept thinking, I need this to be done so I can get on with the good life, right? Like the abundant life. But once I understood that I wasn't missing anything, that there was going to be good and bad, and it was going to happen at the same time. And it didn't mean that God wasn't good. And it didn't mean that we were at a battle. But the problem is, is when we get really focused on one or the other, good life, the hard life, the good life, the bad life, it's when we get whacked. And so some of us have really unique, like I tend to be on the good side of life. So anything time something bad happens, I'm like shocked and dismayed and like frustrated. And then there are others of you that were like, yep, I expected it. <laughs> when something good happens, you're like, eh, you know, we'll see. Like we all have our little ways that we kind of align. But I want you to know that when we confront the hard, we just have to remember a few things. And I just want to remind us of this. We have to remember that hardship is the gateway to growth. If you're facing hardship, you are building muscle. Muscle has to break to grow. And so you can either waste this time or you can use this time to grow. You can confront your own internal demons about fear, anxiety, frustration, pain, parental things that happened back in the day, whatever it is. And I remember this one time we had a a guy that was part of our church and he was really, really angry with one of our leaders. There was something happening and we were having kind of this, you know, group discussion and he was just really irate with one of our leaders and he was just really, really telling him what he thought of him. And the leader looked at him without anger, without starting anything, with just love. But he said, I... I don't think I'm your pain. I think I'm a face to your pain. I don't think I'm the perpetrator of your pain. I think I'm the face. And the guy broke. Like the guy literally broke. And what it came down to is he goes, you're right. It's my dad. My dad has been painful in my life. And I just see you as my dad right now. I see what you're, how you're treating me. And I immediately I'm triggered by the way that my dad treated me, that has really helped me in my life. That whatever thing I'm facing, if I don't know why I feel it's so raw and so real and I feel like so impassioned about it being so painful, I usually have to ask, what is this situation a face to that was already there all along? Was it rejection from friends in high school? Was it rejection from that boyfriend? Was it, you know, losing this or, or having this happen? And is that what's happening? And so I start to panic, but it's really a phase to what really happened. And so when we're going through hardships, we have to go back and say, what is it? Because I'm facing the same thing again and again and again and again, and I don't want to face it again. So I have to deal with it. And if I deal with it, it loses its power. But if I don't make the assessment of like, why do I feel this? And why is this triggering me? And why do I feel so in so much in pain by this? It's usually has to do like for me and not to prolong this conversation, but when I was diagnosed with postpartum depression, it was so painful for me because I was taught that depression was for people that didn't have faith, that they lacked something in God. And so it was so painful and I felt so much shame. I don't want anyone to know that I'm an ordained minister and I have pain. I, I am depressed. I am clinically depressed. I'm not good. And so the next time I had it, I recovered and then I went through recovery and then I had it again. I began to realize the last time I felt all this stuff 
And now I'm back again and I'm feeling all this stuff again. Now I got to go deep. What is it? And it came down to, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed that I'm battling this. I'm ashamed that I don't know how to fix this. I'm ashamed that I shamed other people for getting help, not knowing that that would be my source of help. And I feel ashamed by that. Does that make sense? So you really have to ask yourself, what is it? Like half the time when my husband does something and I'm upset about it, it has nothing to do with how he treated me or what he said to me. It may have had like something happened at work or there's a guy that used to treat me that way or, you know, maybe my parent did that or whatever it is, but it's really being aware to know, okay, this is my gateway of growth. I get to change the narrative and I get to disempower this thing that has a potential to trigger me and hurt me along the way. And then we also get to see our unforeseen lessons. We learn things along the way. Listen, there are people I have faced that like literally have postpartum depression. And I'm like, here's my lessons. Let me tell you what I learned in the middle of this. Not that you have to have what I had happen, but there are things I learned that really helped me. And I hope this helps you. And it's so powerful. And then we also learned that we get to build resilience and resilience is a attribute of a leader. Resilience is an attribute of a world changer. Like people don't change the world unless they have something called resilience. And to remind you, resilience is born when we're facing challenges, but resilience is the ability to bounce back from a setback and continue to move forward. And I would even suggest that leaders are the fastest people to bounce back. Everybody bounces back. But a leader, their timing is faster. They jump back. They begin to think, okay, we can do this. And faith helps. When you have faith, faith is resilience. It's spiritual resilience is faith. And it really begins to build. And then we also get to build stories of triumph over adversity. We get to really begin to learn how to embrace really the unknown that's happening in our lives. And we get to embrace the hard without it it demoralizing or diminishing or devaluing the good in our life. If you're going through a hard time right now, it's okay. Don't let that define everything. Admit it. Give yourself permission to go, this is hard. But then say, all right, this is the gateway to growth. What book do I need to read? Who do I need to talk to? Who do I need to ask for help? What do I do in the middle of this? And then lastly, is there something in my life where I'm so extreme, it's either good or bad, and I'm allowing that narrative of good or bad to dictate the filter in which I see my life. And for me personally, I had to say my life is good and bad and that's okay. God is, he is good and the devil is bad and I'm living on an earth where both is happening at the same time and that is okay. All right, you guys, that's it for now. That is this week's podcast. Next week, we are gonna go into our last episode of the podcast and I'm very excited about, we're, again, we're still talking about embracing the good hard life. We're gonna talk about finding balance, embracing vulnerability, and just the role of mindset. So we're gonna get into a lot of stuff next week when it comes to this podcast. And I wanna say this, um, if you're a Reading local, if you live in Reading, California, or you watch Bethel TV, guess who is speaking this weekend to all the services? Yours truly. (laughs) I will be there. I get to speak this weekend um, on Bethel TV and um, in person. So if you are there or you want to watch, guess what? You can watch Bethel TV on YouTube. It streams the whole service. There's hundreds and thousands of people there. So if you want to see me preach this Sunday, I might give you guys a hint. Should I give you a hint on what I'm thinking? I think I'm going to preach on grace. I'm kind of excited about it. So 
If you're there, I hope that you will be. And let and if you're on YouTube, get on there and say, hey, I was on the podcast with Havilah and I'm here today. That would be so awesome. And then lastly, I just want to give you a couple updates quickly on where I am next month. So next month starts my travel season. You guys know I took a sabbatical June, July, and August. Now I'm going to get back on the road. And so I'm going to be in West Virginia at Airborne Church on September 8th through 10th. I'm coming to West Virginia. I love it there, Beth Green and her family, and I will be there to speak on Saturday and Sunday in West Virginia in Martinsburg. And the following weekend, I will be at Redemption Church, and Redemption Church is in California. And so, um, I I don't know how to say this, O-J-A-I. I'm sorry if you're listening to this. Listen, my education can only go so far. Um, Anyway, that's where it's gonna be. And then the following week, on the 22nd and 23rd. And again, that 16th, that's the 16th when I'm in California and I speak twice that day on a Saturday. And then on the 22nd, 23rd, I'll be in Kansas City, Lexi, Lex, uh, Linux, Kansas City at, um, at City Center Church. Easy for me to say, City Center Church. I will be there um, Friday night and Saturday. And so I hope that you will make it Guys, if nothing else, I love you. Thanks for being on this podcast. And if you want to know more, just go to havelickcunnington.com. It's got everything there. I'm on the socials. I just love you guys. Thanks for your encouragement. So many of you are on this podcast right now. Guys, it means something. Like, it really, really helps to know that I'm not just out here (laughs) talking to nobody, but that you're here. So thanks for all your love, your hearts, your likes, your comments, your reviews. All of that helps. And um, I just bless you. I bless you, bless you in Jesus' name. And I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.